The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Forever. Allison Raskin. I'm a writer, mental health advocate, and engaged person. Hi, I'm Gabby Dunn. I'm a writer, bicon, bisexual icon. Wink and Beans is here. Yay, Beans! My dog is here with us, hanging out. You always have to one-up me. You brought two dogs, <laughs> and I brought one little... Look at this chihuahua. He's nothing compared. He's he's just like... a. Your dogs are big, fluffy, nice dogs, and mine's like a little cute little baby. You're engaged. <laughs> I am Melissa. I was going to say, you have, <laughs> to, introduce you have to do a whole intro. What's sing your intro? Your, sing your name and, and add three things. Hi, I'm Melissa Devons. I'm a producer, director, writer, and I'm going to be here the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! So what happened was our guest had a power outage. And you know what that means. Talking episode. Talking episode. <laughs> You guys asked for it one time. We did it once. Then you said, please do it again. And we said no. But now we're doing it. <laughs> I didn't say no. I mean, we just didn't plan one. But look, sometimes the best laid plans fail. And then and then you get engaged a second time. <laughs> <laughs> this is Just Between Us, a variety show filled with heartfelt advice. Ridiculous games. And brutal honesty. So are we starting with the engagement? I guess so. Well, we're like okay. So for our audience, I think what we're gonna do today, I think we're gonna hit you with topics, mm -hmm. which was gonna be my engagement story. Mm -hmm. Then we're gonna hit you with the IQ mm -hmm. international question. Then we'll wrap this baby up with hypotheticals. Mm -hmm. Does that sound good? Sounds yeah. like a plan. Love it. Start the story. Start the story. First of all, he straight up lied to me. Yeah, yeah. Liar. No, he didn't lie. He sent a wink that led me to believe. He didn't lie, though. He didn't lie. He right. wasn't. He, he, he was. Proposing. I said, are you getting engaged in Santa Barbara? And he was like, wink. And I was like, OK, I took that as a yes. Lie. We got engaged the night before we went to Santa Barbara. Yeah. So tell the story. I don't know where to even begin. Look, I'll admit I've been up to a lot of stuff. Uh, mischief? <laughs> mischief, planning. By the time we got engaged, we already had the date, the venue, a wedding planner. Right, right. So you had not gotten engaged yet, but you were, you were engaged. <laughs> yeah. So basically what happened was when we moved in together in February of 2022, it was with an agreement that we would be engaged by the end of the year mm -hmm. because I didn't want to like uproot my life and leave the place I lived for like over seven years and like you know, make a right. big leap of faith without somebody where that was the intention. Mm -hmm. And then throughout this year, I think I was under the impression it would happen earlier in the year. <laughs> <laughs> and he was not. So we, this past, this year has sort of just been like us talking about it, you know, like some career stuff we kind of wanted to have happen. So then we went to his sister's wedding in June of this year. And that always gets you talking, right? Of course. Because when you're at someone else's wedding, you're like, oh, I want a wedding. Or I, <laughs> what, what, what kind of wedding would I want to do? Or, you know, what would I do exactly the same and very or very different? Uh-huh. And so I mentioned that, you know, my friend Rachel, one of my best friends who I was made of honor for her wedding, had really loved how she had had it at this like kind of like mansion-y place where people stayed the whole weekend. It was beautiful. And I love that it was like uh, like a whole weekend event, not just one night. And so then I was like, I think there are some places in like Malibu that you can do that. And I kept waiting for John to be like, we're not engaged. Shut up. <laughs> not that he talks to me that way. But. No, he's so sweet. <laughs> um, and then, but then he was like, oh, and I like Googled this one place in Malibu that looked like amazing. And mm -hmm. I think what really did it for him was it had a tennis court. Mm. Oh, my God. John's a, a tennis fanatic. Okay, but um, he thinks he'll have time his wedding weekend his, to play his tennis. His dream was to 
on the day of the wedding, I, well, I think it'd be very funny if on the day of our wedding, he starts the day by by playing tennis against my father for my hand. For my hand. Of That's course. That's wonderful. I love <laughs> that. That actually <laughs> is very funny. Yeah. Now I don't know if that could happen, but in theory, so we we were like, well, he was like, well, why don't we just like check out the menu? Because we kind of were talking timeline. We really wanted to get married next August because I'll be done with school, hopefully, and my nieces won't be in school. Right. right? So it's like easier to do it over the summer. But you kind of need to like start planning like a a more traditional wedding, like a year out. Uh And so we were like, okay, maybe we should start looking into this. And then we contact. So what really ended up speeding this whole thing up is that we contacted that that Malibu place. And they, the time that they wanted us to come see it was when my parents were in town. Oh, mm. well, well, well. And if anyone knows Ken Raskin, Ken Raskin, once he gets a, his his little paws into an idea, he right. he builds the whole city. So I, I don't know. So I said to John, I was like, well, is it okay for me to like tell them that we're, you know, can they come with us to look at this thing? Or do we right. want to go at a different time when they're not in town? And we sort of had a discussion where we were going to let them know that we were starting to look at venues and that the proposal was on the horizon, but hadn't. But we were going to probably start planning before the proposal. Then the day that we were supposed to go see this house, I text the place being like just confirming. And the guy gets back to me and goes, actually, we're not having any more weddings next year. Don't. Come. <gasps> wow. What? Yeah. And I was like, would you have even told me this if I hadn't you texted you up? first? Yeah. yeah I was going to show hell? up. That was a real signal to me to always confirm. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I'd always strongly suspected, but it definitely fed into all of my anxiety fears that no one, yes. everyone secretly canceled on me. Yes. And I haven't done that and I've suffered the consequences. <laughs> And so we were like kind of bummed. But then my mom was like, well, is there anywhere else, you know, that you would be open to getting married? And for about 10 minutes in the car, when it was just me and my parents, they were really pushing me on Vedanta or timeshare oh, in Mexico. wow. Which is um, where they do Bachelor in Paradise. Yes, where they do Bachelor Wow. <laughs> and I was like, I get why this would seem cool, but it just felt to me like I didn't want to get married somewhere I go all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and also like asking everyone to travel. Yeah, it was like, like a big yeah. ask. I was like, right, because it's a timeshare, so it's like, does everyone have to stay for a whole week? Right, like, can right, you even right. stay for like mm-hmm. two days at a place like that? And so I was like, yeah, but you know, I think other than LA, we would be open to Santa Barbara because we had gone to Santa Barbara as our first trip as a couple, like Aww, just the two really of us. Sweet. Yeah. Like for his birthday last, like the year before, it had been like during the time when Phantom was just our foster mm-hmm. and everyone time. was like going like, you're going to get to keep that dog. And I was like, no, we won't. And John was like, I'm stealing him. <laughs> <laughs> and so, of course, my mom starts Googling Santa Barbara wedding locations and we find this one hotel. And so we decide that we'll go check out that hotel while they are in town. But then we let, let me lay this on you. Okay. At this hotel, you would get married on the rooftop. Uh-huh. But the rooftop is also where the hotel pool is. So people are in the pool. Yeah, they don't shut down the pool. Ah, Absolutely yes. not. Too. Right? Yeah. And so they were like, normally it's fine. And people are not in the pool or they're respectful. And at, of course, like me, I love to just make a decision. So I was like, oh, sure. This is the first place I see. Let's do it. But like yeah. John was like much more rational and was like, that sounds... Like a nightmare. Yeah, they're like, unless you can buy out the whole uh, place, people can be in the pool as you're walking to the ceremony. And I was like, I don't know about that. Yeah, it was like very. And also it was like one elevator that would take you up and down between like reception or ceremony cocktail hour. And John was like, that would take like an hour to get like 100 people up and down this like small elevator. So we said no to that but we in that trip realized we wanted to do Santa Barbara Mm -hmm. and so then we ended up going back and doing another trip to look at the place we we did book which is Hotel Californian but I have to tell you I'm like very proud of myself that I was like up to all of this stuff before being engaged because it went against my love of rules and formality I know know. (laughs) yeah but it was like a real struggle for me because I felt really uncomfortable with planning it felt like a weird thing of like letting my friends know but also like not having like the full like reveal of like but we're engaged like it like actually kind of caused like a lot of discomfort for me in those Mm -hmm. months and I didn't like it and (laughs) 
But I was also like proud of myself for like pushing through that yeah. discomfort and stuff. And so I was like, okay, this feels like important for me. You know, like I did it the traditional way the first time around. And obviously that right. didn't work out. But then one day in, I think it was like August 27th, we were going to go to the dog beach. And, but I had found this ring online that I liked. And I was like, I think I want this ring. And he was like, okay. And he was like, but I was like, but I don't really know like what my ring size is because I get very worried that somehow my ring size has changed. Sure, <laughs> I mean, it does it happen. Can, right? yeah. um, and so then I was like, well, why don't we, maybe we can just go to a jewelry store to get my size. Mm-hmm. And so there's this great jewelry store in Beverly Hills called 14 Carat, which is like a wholesale place. So it's like, it's kind of like you feel like you're like in the jewelry district, but like just in this one room where it's like, so it's like really cool. And if you're ever in LA, it's like worth checking out just to like see the the razzle dazzle of it. And we went there. But as soon as you walk in, like you get one person that's like Ah. on you. So I felt like I couldn't just be like, hello, I'm here to get size. So I like was like, we're looking for rings. And I kind of described what I wanted, which is sort of like, a little non-traditional and then I wanted like a really wide band and to really highlight the gold equally with the diamonds instead of just Mm -hmm. like being really diamond forward Mm -hmm. thinking like oh maybe they won't have anything like that and then she like immediately came over and like plopped down a tray of rings that were like all exactly what I'd wanted that's kind of amazing right isn't it I was like oh it's not as weird as I thought that it was and I tried one on and it was like bulky and looked terrible and I was like oh maybe this this idea I had in my head is not correct right but then I put on the one I got and we all went oh wow (laughs) (laughs) and so that day I felt bad because it was like twice the price of the one I'd found online and it was like but John was so sweet and was like this is your engagement ring like it's worth like it's still within the budget of what I had given you like because I had kind of lowballed because I felt bad. And so he was like, let's do it. And so that day, like we got the ring, they sized the ring, we like had it. So I had the ring in my house since August 27. I was going to say since August. Since August, we got engaged in October. So anyone that knows me knows that this was a real feat of patience. Right. Were you like thinking like if you went out to a nice dinner, like this is it? Well, that at the beginning, I kept being like, you know, I, I kept wanting him to, I wanted him to kind of do it that day because I have to say like the picking out the ring was also like a really special fun moment to like share together. Mm-hmm. So I would have probably been happy just for him to like do it that day and for that day to. But what's really nice about John is sometimes he knows what's better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> and so he really wanted the proposal to be special and for it to be like a planned moment and not just it's like his. it's his proposal too. Yeah, exactly. And so I had this ongoing bit where I kept being like, you know, 4 p.m. is a great time to propose. So like every few days, I'd be like, oh, it's almost four. It's a great time (laughs) to do it. And he also convinced me that the ring was in his office. And so I kept saying I was just like going to go into his office and find it. But meanwhile, it was like in our bedroom the whole time. Wow. (laughs) Out pranking the prankster. And so I, I, we had a trip planned to Santa Barbara for his birthday again. And so I sort of like, by September was like, I bet he's planning it for that weekend. Mm, like yeah. I was like, we're getting married in Santa Barbara. It makes sense that he would do it there. So I sort of like was able to like calm myself a bit because I was like, it'll probably happen at this time. Mm-hmm. But then as we got closer to that time, I started to freak out where I was like, what if he doesn't do it? Like oh. I was like, what if like I'm going to be so upset if he doesn't do it during this specific time? And I started like texting Rachel and Gabby and I was like, I'm going to freak out if he doesn't do it. And I sent Rachel all these texts being like, I'm just going to be, I'm just getting so mad about it. (laughs) Yeah, you said that to me and I was like, I'll just ask him. Yeah. But Rachel, meanwhile, so John had done something brilliant, which was he knew I was expecting it to be when we were in Santa Barbara. Uh But the Friday night before we went to Santa Barbara, we were going to go to dinner with two of his friends for his birthday right what tipped you off when you came over because we recorded that day yeah you're like i'm gonna get engaged today no i didn't say today i thought that weekend. i mean this weekend like what what made you like well just because it was santa barbara gotcha got it just because i was like oh it would make sense to get engaged in Uh our special place and like i've also been on book deadline and so with being on book deadline and being on in grad school i've been working like seven days a week Mm -hmm. like i haven't other than like 
weddings and like this one weekend we like haven't had a normal weekend or done anything so it right. was like the one time where like we were gonna actually like I was have gonna not together. be work you like have time to get engaged yeah and so Friday I like went after we recorded I like went and got my nails done so I was like it's probably happening this weekend right 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 and my neighbor ended up like who I'm good friends with ended up coming into the salon at the same time and I was like I think it's gonna happen this weekend you know and she was like "Ooh, get the French manicure you know and then she was like what do you think you're gonna say when he proposes and I was like well I I I don't know like I know it's coming so I'll probably just be like okay or like you know it's after 4 p.m cut to me being so shocked because so we're we're going to dinner with his two friends Mm -hmm. and that day had actually been a really hard day for me where I had had an incident with my knee that freaked me out. I saw, I don't even want to talk about it, but I saw a possum without working legs on the highway oh. and had to like stop for the possum to get across, but didn't know if I should say, try to save the oh possum or if the possum just was, you know, paraplegic and was fine and mm-hmm. just, you know, like I didn't know. And so that was really traumatizing oh, for me. God. And like an image, it was, it was Harvard we got on my brain. And then- we're driving over to the dinner and I'm like, you know, I'm just so exhausted. I'm just not going to speak tonight. <laughs> oh. oh, I like was doing this bit where I was like, I'm just going to pretend to be like your really boring girlfriend. Like I, you know, I don't have anything to give today. I'm oh, just going to be really boring. And John, meanwhile, was like dying laughing inside because he knew that wow. wasn't going to be the case. But we're like running late. I like never run late. And so I was like, I'll just go to the restaurant and, and try to check us in. And John was like, no, <laughs> nope, no, no. Nope. <laughs> and so we're like, we park at this parking lot and it's like confusing how to pay. And I keep wanting to go across the street and leave him to pay. And he's like, just wait for me. <laughs> and then I see this cat in the parking lot. And I was like, I don't understand how this cat is going to get home. There's oh all my these. God, so many animals. all these like oh busy God. streets like. What's going to happen to this poor cat? Allison. <laughs> so what if the that was the cat's home? Well, it had a collar. Oh, OK. Well, but it was in a parking lot. Was, and so literally, like, as we're waiting to walk up, I'm saying to John, this has been such a traumatizing day for me. I've had such a horrible day. <gasps> and then we go and his two friends are waiting outside the restaurant. And it's a restaurant that we love um, since we've moved to Venice-ish area. And we've only ever really eaten outside because I don't really eat inside uh, because of the pandemic. And so John goes in and and I'm like just waiting outside and John comes out and goes, you know, I messed up the reservation. It's inside. And I was like, are you kidding me? And then he was like, yeah, but they said that where they're putting us, it's not that crowded. And, you know, it was his birthday dinner. So right. I was yeah. like, can't argue. Right. So I, and his friends were there and I was like, OK. And I like put my mask on and I've ne- like it lucked out that I'd never really been inside this restaurant. So I didn't know the layout. And then they start to lead us upstairs. And, and later, John was like, what were you thinking when you were going up those stairs? And I was like, honestly, I was thinking, wow, I'm going upstairs better than I used oh, to be. Oh, my God. I was literally just thinking about my knee on the stairs. Oh, God. <laughs> but then I open the door and it's this private room with like six of my friends um, and then his two friends who like joined us. And I was just so unbelievably shocked because... I have never had a surprise party. I'm like, oh. I have like never had somebody elaborately plan like a thing that involved other people having to like have be part of it and take time and like drive across the city on a Friday night and like get there early to shot surprise me and like just that element of like care that like yeah. all these people had been part of this to make this moment special for mm-hmm. me like was so I mean it was like if you see the video, like I just like like it's like an out of body <laughs> experience. I just like lost control of myself. Oh my God, I'm so sorry I missed it. I know it was like, and I guess he was like, you know, there was like limited for the room, and it like, and I was out of town, yeah, and but all this, like, but oh my God, so you, so because yeah, in the video you sort of start to realize people you know are there, mm-hmm. and then and then he just goes, goes down. down on yeah. one knee. I don't. Did he get the question out? Yeah, he said, will you marry me? And then the next thing he said was, we pranked you hard. (laughs) (laughs) And Ah. as soon as I mean, I I point at Rachel and I'm like, you knew. So (laughs) that whole time when Rachel was like calming me down about freaking out, she knew the whole plan. Ah. 
Wow. And so it was brilliant, right? Because if he'd done it in Santa Barbara, the whole trip, I would have been like waiting for yeah. it. Right, right. And now you're enjoying the trip. Yeah, and then yeah. the whole trip was just like so fun and like a, like a double celebration of birthday and engagement. Oh my God. Did your parents know? Yeah, so my it was very funny because we're sitting there like, so they did like a champagne toast. So he like ordered this whole like multiple course meal that like was so nice, but they do a champagne toast. And so I went to do the toast and then I took a sip and I was like, oh, my God, is this sparkling apple cider? <laughs> and he got my friend Emma to get me sparkling apple cider because I don't like champagne. Wow. And they had like, look at that. They had prepped that ahead. That is so sweet. That's Isn't really that so sweet. Nice? Yes, that's really sweet. We're going to take a quick break for ads, but then we'll be right back. Hi, everyone. Allison here. Anyone who knows me well knows that I love to read. I am always looking for new books, and that is why I am so excited that this episode is sponsored by Book of the Month. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and to promote the work of emerging authors. It was so fun for me to get to pick which book I wanted to read this month and have it shipped right to my door. Book of the Month makes it easy to decide which book to read next. Each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles. They pick some of the best new books for you to choose from. All the books are good, so you can't go wrong. Every aspect of the Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. They have a highly anticipated release at the beginning of each month. Books are delivered in this really adorable bright blue box, and there's a fun app to help you pick your book and track your reading process. They also offer great values on new release hardcover fiction. It's much cheaper than other options, shipping is always free, and with a loyalty program, you get rewards and even lower prices the longer you stay as a member. My first book from Book of the Month was The Husbands by Holly Gramazio. I am tearing through this book. It is so fun. It's basically about this woman who one day comes home and there's a husband in her apartment and she's like, where did you come from? And then she figures out that every time her new husband goes into the attic, a new husband comes out and she's, she's like shuffling through all these different husbands from the attic trying to figure out which one is the best. It is right up my alley and I love it so much. So if you want to take part in Book of the Month and have a brand new book shipped right to your door every single month, go to bookofthemonth.com and get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That's $5 off with code PEDALS. I cannot recommend this enough. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Let me tell you all about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you wish to ask. And then she can either type her response or use their voice to text feature. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. Right before I found out about this project, my mom made an offhand comment about wanting to write a memoir because she had such a wild childhood and there are all these things she's never really talked to us about. But asking someone to sit down and write a memoir is kind of daunting. So then I got her mylifeinabook.com and now she's getting prompts to answer on a weekly basis and it's a lot easier than just undertaking an entire memoir. I'm so excited to see what my mom does with mylifeinabook.com because she's someone who doesn't always feel comfortable just sharing about herself but having these prompts and knowing that I really want to hear her answers is going to inspire her to probably share more with me about her life and her upbringing than I've ever been shared with before so I'm so excited for that check out mylifeinabook.com and use code just between us at checkout for 10% off create an unforgettable gift for your mom this mother's day that's mylifeinabook.com use code just between us for 10% off today and we're back. Yeah, but I was sitting there and after like a little bit of like the shock wearing off, I was like, oh my God, like, should I call my parents, you know? And John's like, well, you know, they're at dinner. They know that we're at dinner. Like they knew what the whole plan was. 
he had called them that week to let them know and like ask permission, which is funny because we've literally already signed all these contracts. <laughs> yeah, I was say. And they've been there like every yeah, step of the way. And all the meetings and everything. Uh, and uh, so, of course, when he asked, they were like, I don't know. We'll have to think about it. <laughs> of course. Of course. Classic Raskin. Yeah. But so he was like, yeah, they know that the dinner is happening. So I'm sure they know. And I was like, I don't know. It's my parents. And so I was like, I think I should call them. <laughs> So we went like outside the private room to call and they were like, we've been waiting for oh you. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. And so I could barely hear them or anything, but so I, I told them more the next morning, but I got to have like a quick call. And Did you call Jocelyn? No, because it was too late at night for oh, Jocelyn. Right, right, right. Um, so I called my sister in the morning and then ah. um, and then I like immediately texted the two of you. Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. Um, and yeah, it was just like surreal. Like I just like I kind of said, because I have John on the ESL podcast or talking about marriage. And I said, it's not that I didn't feel like I deserved that level of planning and care and love it's just like I didn't think that that's like what I get if that makes Aww. sense do you know not like oh I don't deserve it but right, just like right 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 like, you know like it's such a magical like yeah the amount of like effort and care. like yeah. I just haven't he takes care of you he very much did this for me yeah do you know what yeah. I mean where it's like this isn't necessarily like what he would have wanted or needed or but he yeah. knew that for me doing this would be like yeah. so meaningful and that he like, pulled, you know, he pulled it off. But he was like, oh, man, I was like, he was like freaking out. He was like, he like, I guess, like wore um, a new jacket that I, he hadn't worn before. And so he was like very worried that I was like going to comment on the jacket and try to touch it. And so he was like strategic about what side uh, the ring was in versus wow. where he was driving versus yeah. where I was. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. So he thought through everything because historically I'm always up. I am always like onto stuff and That's a, a detective. Say, you can smell like if somebody twitches in the next room, you're like, are you divorced? Yeah, but I was clueless. Well, you were wow. expecting the yeah, next yeah, day. Yeah, you, right. yeah, you knew it was going to happen, but you were like. He he subverted you. Yeah, which is that's great. how you have to throw Allison off. Is like she has to think it's happening at a different time, mm-hmm. but she has to know it's happening. Or like, yeah, I have to have the. I can't just like, I have to have a false belief right, versus right, no right. belief. Right, 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 right. Because right, <laughs> no right. belief gives you room to speculate. Yes, right, yes, right. And also, what really helped him out was I was the one that suggested we go to dinner with his friends. <gasps> So I was like, do you want to go to dinner on Friday for your birthday before we go? And so he was like, oh, she gave me the cover. Ah, yeah. Perfect. Great. Oh, my God. Congratulations. Thank you. Yay. And um, our theme will be animals at play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a TikTok where Allison wants to have a theme called animals at play for her wedding. And John is not into it. He's he's not supportive of it, but I, I believe that over time and um through deceit, it shall win out. What I if say, I showed up as a furry? I'd love that for you. Yeah. No, for you, though. It's for your wedding. Well, yeah, I think. But you call it a furry, but I'm saying you're in an animal outfit. Okay. That's yeah. fun. Okay. <laughs> so you, you're saying, like, you know, it'd be interesting if you did a theme where, like, people people had to wear different animal prints. Like, that'd be fun. Ooh. I don't want to do it where I have to like get other people to do weird stuff. But like I want like I saw this thing where like the little placards for like where where you were seated was like a little animal statue was like holding the placard. That's cute. Or like if instead of like table one, it would be like table elephant. Ah, ah, yes. Okay. <laughs> Which was exactly what I did at my bat mitzvah. I was going to say. But my bat mitzvah was underwater animals. Right. And so for wedding, I'm thinking above water animals. Yeah, of course. Which a is theme. a clear, which is a clear an arc. distinction everyone refers to. Yeah, an arc. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like a theme. I had a I dark like thought. <laughs> what? what? Oh, no. What? what? And then when you die, you have like, like air animals like it's land animals for the wedding and then over oh, the funeral? funeral it's birds <laughs> for the funeral it's birds that's brilliant yeah it is really Please brilliant do that for me yeah if you're out wow. first it is really oh, yeah, brilliant that's true. yeah i'll put that in a will yeah yeah that'll be really nice for me yeah wow and also like could it be like a flying squirrel as well yeah 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 anything that's anything in the air that's yeah. in the air yeah. yeah all right i'm into it airplanes what that's not an animal that's not, that's not an, an animal. animal no, no. what <laughs> 
Now you're getting ridiculous. Do you have like ideas, like colors and stuff for? Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, a big part of the problem is I don't really have a vision for this whole thing. Yeah. Except for animals. I Other also... than animals. I don't take it seriously. I'm mostly preoccupied with what kind of goofs. Okay. Sure, of course. But that's what you have a wedding planner for, right? Yeah. And yeah. my parents. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. John. Um, yeah. But yeah. Does I John can't. have a vision? He is more comfortable having serious conversations about it than I am. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Whereas got it. like he will like, we like met with the photographer who's like very... Not my vibe. <laughs> you know, very like, you know, and, and what do you want to capture of, yeah. of John in the wedding? And I was like, I don't know. Just like he looks nice, you know, <laughs> like I think John is more willing to like give sincere answers to these yeah. kinds of things where I'm like, get people laughing. I like I'm, I'm, I'm really more concerned about how often are people going to be laughing? Mm -hmm. The only strong idea that I have is that when people come. Yeah to the ceremony, I want there to be a beautiful bag of candy on the chair. I like that. <laughs> oh. But it can't be because it'll be on a rooftop. It can't be like chocolate, though. Yeah, it'll, it'll melt. It's not that. Santa Barbara is um, you're right. cooler you're right. than you're right. here. That's so true. by late August, it's actually okay. not that bad. And no. it's at 4 p.m. So it's like, okay. yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I want people to have um, some. I'm 100% on board I, with this. Yeah, I just kind of want there to be a lot of candy. Okay. Um, like, I'm like I'm gonna have to like, talk to people who are giving speeches to be like lead with the comedy, right? Of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get yeah. a writer if you need to. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, <laughs> so it's um, like I'm most excited. I'd say about the outfits Phantom and Sugar are gonna wear. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here's my question: Are you gonna hire someone to watch them? Um, well, I don't think hire. They're gonna be walk down the aisle with my nieces. No, yeah, I'm saying, oh, Beans is obviously in the wedding, but I'm saying, like, then for the reception, what do you do with him? Well, it's at a hotel, so we'll just put them in the room. No children, no children other than those related to you, right? Yeah, and they're Hugely. Just, just for the ceremony, I yep. think. Yep, yep. Um, okay, I, I think that that should be standard. And cancel me all you want. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of, of kids at a wedding, but people feel differently. I like kids, but I don't want like, look, man, I want my friends to be able to like party and have a good time. And like, I don't need them to be like worried about their kids or chasing their kids around. I don't know. Also, I think you don't. I think I think it's probably like probably like 50 50. I don't yeah. think it's like weird to say no kids at a wedding. If you don't write no kids on the invitation, people will straight up bring. But their again, it'll be kids that I'm related to. Um, right, right, right. Approved kids, but um, yes, approved kids. Yeah, they all but... have wristbands. You give them wristbands <laughs> as they walk in. Yeah. You stamp their hands, draw an X to show that they're not allowed to drink. I think if you want like funny shit that happened at a wedding, my oldest niece, this is it was uh, Melanie's wedding. She was supposed to pull the younger niece down in a like like a, a wagon. Yeah. Uh -huh. But the younger one wasn't cooperating. So then um, she just ended up I think she was like eight at the time. She just ended up like no, she was younger than that. Six, seven, pulling the wagon down. <laughs> Empty? And it was, yeah, and it was just hitting shit. No! <laughs> it was coming down. That is so funny. <laughs> We're like, good thing the baby wasn't in there. Ah! Ah! <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I love it was just that. hilarious. Everyone was dying laughing. See, that's oh good God. stuff. That's yeah. good stuff. That is good that's stuff. That's good stuff. I, at John's sister's wedding, their dog came down the aisle and then immediately peed on the altar. I mean, perfect. That's <laughs> Mark the, the territory. most you can ask. Yeah for we went to mal's ex's wedding and they had um drag queen bartenders and i really enjoyed that i thought that was amazing and i what i didn't realize though is that they were drag queens first bartenders second mm. so they weren't actual bartenders mm. so like by the end of the night i'd be like can i have like a, a cranberry soda and they'd be like do you want this spin drift can? And I'd be like, yeah, I do. Like they, like they didn't, by the end of the night, they, they were like, we don't know how to make drinks. Oh no. It was, but it was kind of sloppy and awesome. It was That's like, so funny. One of the Queens performed. It was amazing. Oh, wow. Oh my God. Congratulations. Thank you. Ah. And I, I kept it a secret and that's the greatest of all. 
<laughs> that you kept all the planning and stuff a secret. Yeah, I mean, kind of. You guys knew, but I kept yeah, it a yeah, secret yeah. publicly. Yeah, so that's something. That's something. You've also <laughs> been making hilarious second engagement content. Gotta say, if you want to head over to TikTok, <laughs> Allison Raskin, baby, uh, there's some real fun some real fun content over there. Yeah, but it's so nice because I always thought that getting engaged again would be like weird or like confusing or like a mix of emotions or triggering even, but it hasn't been. No, it's a totally different yeah. guy. It's a totally different vibe. It's a totally different guy. You know what I mean? We're different relationship, different energy. Yeah. But I mean, you can like understand why that was like a fear. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, and so, but it's been really nice that that like hasn't been the case at all. No. So. Oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah. And look, I got engaged. Two people have asked me to marry them. So. That's, right. that's, that's more than one took it back, but still pretty yeah. good. Pretty good. Uh, yeah. What, what are you selling over there? <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you got? Well, this was very fun. We're going to take a quick break. And we'll be back with everyone's favorite international questions. just between us it's time to answer a listener's question and you know what that means hit it international question international question international question anonymous sweden mm, pretty good yeah ikea Yep. <laughs> this is a question from ikea <laughs> meatballs yeah <laughs> okay here we go Hi, I'm a 23-year-old she-her from Sweden, international question, who just got recommended your YouTube channel again after many years. Thank you for interesting conversations. In one episode, you talked a little bit about being okay with people not liking you. This is something I struggle a lot with. I know everyone is drawn to different kinds of people. I also have kind of made peace with not always being a good person, TM, all the time. But I cannot handle people seeing that in me and disliking me. I can't help but obsessing over their dislike, even though I have lots of friends who love me. So my question is, how do you move to being okay with people disliking you? Thank you for your podcast. Lots of love to you. Why'd you pick this? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know if we've noticed a trend on this show where Gabby is. I feel like you lately have been really fixating on on people not liking you. And uh, it's kind of a bit. Is Is it? it? (laughs) Okay. Here's the thing. Is that there's so many reasons. And some of the reasons that people dislike me, I'm like, yeah, get in line. And then some of the reasons that people dislike me are like new reasons due to like my transition. And those are the ones that are kind of eating at me a little bit. And like, so I kind of think like when someone dislikes you, it depends on like what they dislike you for. Mm -hmm. Like if they, if someone dislikes me for being like loud and opinionated, like, okay, whatever. And if someone dislikes me because we disagree on something, like, fine. If someone dislikes me because for some reason that I think is like, I don't know, mean in a different way, transphobic, I don't know what it is. Like, that is more hurtful. Like, I po- I posted something on TikTok where I was like, this is a whole, the, the people are finding a whole new ways to hurt my feelings. Like, it's really, like, you'd think after a certain point, like, they'd have gotten all of them. But there's like brand new ways to hurt my feelings, mm-hmm. including a lot of cis women thinking that they're being helpful or thinking that they're saying something. I don't even know why that if, to me, it's like that's an inside thought. But, you know, saying like, well, of course, we don't want to listen to or relate to your content anymore because you're a man and there's a lot of masculine content out there. And we liked when you were like, uh, you know, a girl and now like we don't want to listen to like men, which is like the sort of misandry, which I think is like pretty sexist and also pretty transphobic and also like erases the fact that I like was socialized and lived as a woman for most of my life. Mm-hmm. So like to then, I mean, it's turf logic, honestly, it's like trans exclusionary radical feminism, but it's this thing of like, well, if you are mask in any way, like masculine in any way, then you're immediately stupid and your opinion doesn't matter. Like, it's like almost like, it's like almost this thing that happens where it's like, oh, you like, you're a man now and men are dumb. And it's like, I'm still 
me. Like yeah. I'm still myself. I remember like, when you well, first t- were talking about transitioning and you asked us if we would still like you. And I said, you're still going to be you. Yeah. So, no. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yes. And that's yes. how you burn. That uh-huh. is a perfect absolute. That, and that's how you make a joke about a trans person. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen and ladies and Very everybody. Good. That's how you do it. Uh yeah, that was perfect. Uh yeah, I think like I, I so then I I talked on this show about like why don't people like me and some people were like well you know you you're very like opinionated and like sort of when you present yourself as confident and loud people think that if they say hateful things to you it's not going to affect you I am a sensitive little person like in the in the ways in but I separate it right so like again like if someone hates me for a particular reason that I don't think is valid fine but if someone's these new people, like if someone hates me for reasons that are like new fears that I've internalized that I think are maybe a little bit true in the like deep, dark, bad part of my brain, that's what starts to get. So that's the distinction. Like if you can separate out hurting, why it's hurting your feelings. And then if it's hurting your feelings, because it's something that you secretly think might be true about you, then you have to be like, is that actually true about me? I, I actually I totally agree with you on that. Like, I think I'm I'm most worried about people disliking me for things that I would dislike about myself. Right. Exactly. But I'm curious for you, like what you're mentioning. I mean, is it is it kind of internalized transphobia then for yeah. you to be worried about that? It is, but it's also it, it is internalized transphobia, but it's also this feeling of like everything that I am is being dismissed and distilled into like well, now you're just like in a way that maybe they feel is affirming to be like, well, now you're just a guy. You're just like some guy. But also, you know, I think like one person was like, well, there's a lot of masculine content out there. So I don't like really need you anymore. And I was like, show me the trans mask content. Like who, where, mm-hmm. when? Like to you be, to be like, there's a lot. I mean, there was a very funny moment where I was pitching a show, a late night show. And the showrunner woman I was working with was like, it's actually really interesting because they're, you know, almost all the late night hosts are white men. And I was like, oh, Claire, I have bad news for you. Right. <laughs> I unfortunately am a white man. <laughs> like, um, oh, uh oh. And like, but but I understand what she meant because mm-hmm. it's, it is like erasure of like a completely different experience. Mm-hmm. And so to be like, there's this thing that happens with trans guys. Well, they'll be like, well, but like, you know, you're just like, your content is masculine. And I'm like, my content's the same fucking content I've been making this whole time. Exactly. And whatever you read on me that you did not like when I was a woman, you don't like it now, but now you're get you're able to say, oh, it, this is why. Mm-hmm. But that's not why. And I think there's just like a lot of stuff that people have said that have been incredibly hurtful and dismissive in like, you're no longer you. Like, you're not you anymore. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's the stuff that's getting to me, but I am like very early, you know, I'm like very early in, in this, um, process. So, you know, maybe it won't hurt my feelings after a certain period of time. I don't know, but, and and just like, oh my God, if one more fucking cis person, okay. I'll be like when I was a cis woman. Right. And then some well-meaning cis person will be like, no, you were always a trans guy. No, I fucking wasn't. Like, do you know what I mean? They're trying to be like, but you were always. And I'm like, no, I wasn't. Like, we don't, we, I don't know what, like, so then it just invalidates everything that I've ever like created and done and spoken about and socialized as and was as a woman. Like, that's just all like out the window. It's just like very bizarre. And I think it's like comes from this transphobic need to like categorize people. But like also like there's not a lot of shows with trans mask hosts. And I think that that's like a different perspective that is different than if I was like a cis guy sitting Mm -hmm. here. But those things that people dislike about me, even though I can write them off and say, oh, it's just transphobia. It is like so deeply in the back of your mind, which like I'm sure like, you know, whenever I see comments about like women's voices, like women talking on podcasts and they're like, your voice is so obnoxious. I'm like, that must. I feel like ding hard for some of those people because it's like you're taught as a woman that your voice is obnoxious, 
You know, like I think there's certain societal things that if people dislike you for them, you're sort of like, even in a way that it's like subtle or it's, um, it's like a microaggression, you're still like, ooh, that hurts because I feel that about myself or I've heard that so many times, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question of like, why do we feel like we have to be liked by everybody? But I think it's actually like a deep seated like human desire, because like if you were not part of the group back in the day, mm-hmm. you would die. <laughs> like, you right, know, like you needed to right. be like accepted by your tribe and by your small communities. Right. And by, you know, and, and what's happened now is that like we just interact with so many more people than, than we used, used to. to. Oh, totally. And so like, whereas before maybe like it mattered more if like everyone that knew of you liked you or accepted you in some way for your day-to-day life and survival. Now it's like, it's actually fine to have a lot of people dislike you and it won't really affect your day-to-day because you're also interacting with a lot more people that you probably have a lot of differences with yeah. and mm-hmm. disagreements with. And so like you're crossing paths with people that like, you might not like either. And I think that was a big part for me was like when I'm in social situations and I'm getting a vibe from somebody that they don't like me, a lot of times I'm like, well, I'm also picking up on that. I don't like them. Yes, Yes. (laughs) exactly. You you had posted on your ESL about how like you're not part of like a friend group. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't think you saw the messages because you don't really check your... ESL DMs but um, (laughs) but I was like I don't like friend groups because they're messy one and then two because it forces you to like everyone even if you don't like them Mm -hmm. and so I prefer like to have one-on-one friendships because then you don't have to like fake liking people that are people that you wouldn't be vibing with anyway yeah I used to have on my phone background stop trying to be liked by everybody you don't like everybody Mm mm-hmm yeah, I don't. And I also really like don't. Different levels of like, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's like, oh, like they're friends I like hang out with for like one day, but the idea of like, or like one one meal, but yeah. the idea of like going on a vacation with them is yeah. like a nightmare. You yes. know, like yeah. we don't have to like have the same level of closeness or, mm-hmm. or yeah. intensity of our like yeah. for somebody to be the same with everyone. There's also like friends that I love like on a one on one situation. But sometimes like if we hang out with a group, I'm like, I don't like you in this group. Right, I don't like right, the dynamic yeah. that you bring to the group, but right. I love you one on one. Right. Or like I don't like when we talk about this part. Mm-hmm. of life yeah the way you the way you think about this part yes. of life right. I don't really align with or mm-hmm. agree with but these other parts work you yeah. know like it's yeah it's, it's rare to just blanketly like everything about another person mm-hmm. also it's hard to feel misunderstood so part of not being liked sometimes is feeling like especially like if if like a someone who's like a republican hates me I'm like fine but if someone who's like a left-wing person is like hates me I like will take it more seriously Because also I'm like, are you misunderstanding me? Like generally we, we would be on the same team and like, what, what are you misunderstanding about me or what have I conveyed incorrectly? Because part of not, if someone doesn't like me for a legitimate reason, fine. But if someone doesn't like me and I'm like, I feel like I've just mis, mis explained myself or like, I feel like I've misrepresented myself. But sometimes you do have to just let that go. You're like, that person thinks incorrectly of me. They have the wrong idea of me. That's their narrative. And like, I can't go back and like control their narrative. But I just have to know that that's not true. But it is really hard to like swallow the lump of being misunderstood for sure. Mm -hmm. It's also like personalities, like not all personalities just get along Mm -hmm. either. There's just things like that, you know, you might just not like to do the same type of things or you just might not communicate in the same way. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm fine with that. Like I just when it comes to people, I either like them or I don't or there are people that I like for to do certain things with like some friends I might just like want to go to the movies with, but mm-hmm. I don't want to talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's good to talk about, like, movie commentary, but, like, yeah, on an yeah. everyday thing. And I'm like, mm, yeah, right. you're whatever. And th- there are people that there are some people that might have the same, like, ethics and uh, moral and political beliefs that I do. But they just have a different way of how they think that things should work. Yeah. And so or or, ha- or the process <laughs> or they're annoying or they're annoying. And it's like, OK, and I'm fine. Like, I, I know that, like at 
the heart of things. Like we get, we have the same like thoughts and beliefs, but we just don't get along. You know? Right. Like right. they're just, I don't, I, I know everybody doesn't like me and I'm fine with that. Like, yeah. Cause I don't like a lot of people. Right. And there's the people that, that like me and I'm like, why? Like, I don't want to be friends with people. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but I'm now, I make, I try to make more effort towards those people. I did. And then I, like I had was one person in my life that, just was like wanted to be my friend, wanted to be my friend. I was like, whatever, I'll be their friend. And it was like, it was a job. Like yeah. I was putting in so much to try to force myself to like them. And they were just annoying. Like they were just tiring and they just would always yeah. be asking me questions. And I'm like, can we just talk and not this be an interview? And then uh, like, it was exhausting to be their friend. Yeah, and yeah. I finally just got to a point where it's like, I, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I think a big thing for me in terms of like, not letting it bother me. If not, everyone likes me is like liking myself more. Yeah. So like right. when I used to not like myself, obviously like other people not liking me, like shook me a lot right. more because it like was like, yeah, I get that, <laughs> you know, yeah. but like the, the more that like you can like really develop your relationship with yourself and like it's not like oh I didn't change and I just decided to like myself like I made like I think like big big changes to you who did. I was and and I became did. somebody that was easier for me to like yeah, you and in a way did. like I think became easier for other people to like and so now it's like you know this is like a weird small moment, but like I have to do this group project every week in one of my <laughs> classes, which is a fucking nightmare. And we normally we have to like answer like four questions and there's like four of us. And so we'll like talk through the questions and then each person will like take an answer. Right. Mm. And like they'll write it up fully out. And that's like how I've done it every single week. And this week we like talked through it all. And I was like, OK, what questions does everyone want to take? And this one girl was like, well, I think that we should just like go in and sort of like fill out our thoughts on each one. No, it made no sense. Like it was like it was it was a terrible it, it, was, a, it was a terrible idea. Yeah, it would no. have been coherent. And like the other you could tell that the other two members were just wanting to be nice. Yeah. And like be like, OK, but I had to be like, I actually don't know what you mean. And then she kind of like explains it a little more. And I was like, I think that's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> and in that moment, I was like. Okay, Allison, like you are being like unlikable, right? Like yeah. in that moment, I knew that I was annoying her. I knew that I was saying something that like she did not want to hear. But I was also like, why do I have to make this assignment so much harder right. for myself? Make it worse. Make it like potentially a lot more time to like fix this error right. just to be like, quote unquote, likable and agreeable. And I wasn't like, that's terrible, Lydia. <laughs> you know, like I tried to be, but I, you could tell that she didn't like that I pushed back on her. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's okay if like the two of us in this group assignment don't like each right, other. Right. But guess what? We got the assignment done quickly and it's right. submitted. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. It's just, I think it's a matter of, yes, you're right, liking yourself, which is maybe not where I'm at currently. I think that that's what's flaring up if, if I may be so bold. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is hard. But so I think it's kind of a signal, like if you are really being affected by other people not liking you, maybe it is like not about those relationships. But no. looking back on like how you're viewing yourself, how you're talking to yourself, mm -hmm. all of that, I think will is really where to start versus like other people. Yeah. Yeah. And mostly my favorite comments are when people go, who's that guy next to Alice? <laughs> That must be a goof. I haven't seen that. I think people have said it. They've been I've like, seen a they've been like people yeah. writing like, I had a double take because who's that guy sitting next Isn't to Isn't that Allison? what you want to hear? I know. But I'm like, maybe they think you replaced me with some dude. No, I think they're being nice. It's just funny <laughs> to be like, oh my God, wow. Bold of Allison to keep doing JBU with some boyfriend. I don't really know. <laughs> Oh, well, we hope that that's helpful. If you want to submit your international question, you can send it to justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. That's justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. Stick around after the break. We'll be playing America's favorite game show. Hypotheticals. Welcome back 
packages between us. It's time for hypotheticals. Woo! Yeah, buddy. Yeah. I was hoping everyone would say baby. No, no. nobody did. That's okay. Gabby v. Melissa. Face off. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Final round. Finish her. Whoa. I, I Mortal Kombat. I don't get most references. I know. Across. Were you alive in the 90s? What with was the I rest doing? Like, I don't like, know. All these things, I didn't do any of Like, what was I doing? I was I just like reading. Yeah. I don't know. Or like cleaning stuff. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Well, I have a Mortal Kombat video game that we could play later. <gasps> I've never liked video games. Yeah, I figured. <sighs> That's why. I mean, if you liked video games, I think you would have played, played Mortal Kombat. I played on my computer. That doesn't Let count. me tell you, the young kids listening, I used to have to walk to the deli with quarters and play the Mortal Kombat game that they had in the back of the deli. But, but that's you're saying You're saying this as if like home consoles didn't exist though. They at the did, time. but not in the way, not in the same way. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Because that's how I played Mortal Kombat was on a Sega Genesis. Okay, well, my parents were mean, I guess. And I, <laughs> and I had to go down to the freaking deli den. And I had to use my quarters to play Mortal Kombat. I played Diddy Kong Racing. I played a lot of games. I was very much into the games. I had Pokemon the original Snap. Nintendo. I had the PlayStation. Yeah. I used to I play had Pokemon. Superman. I'm not Superman. The Nintendo NES. <gasps> I had all of them. Well, let's hope that you'll be able to use those tools yeah. for this game uh-huh. as a kid i'm going over to melissa's house i'm yeah. going back in time and going to melissa's I house have the, like i have a console in my living room that has all the old games on it sick yeah all right if this is your first episode <laughs> we're sorry but hypotheticals <laughs> is a game where i'm gonna give melissa and gabby some hypothetical situations uh they can ask any clarifying questions they might have and then they will tell me what they would do in that situation and sometimes i pick a winner sometimes we just have a discussion but regardless, we always have fun. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. nice? <laughs> okay. Our first game is America's favorite game show. Would you stay with this cheater? One night while... <laughs> God, what, one Allison? One night, one night while on a solitary walk at the beach. Oh, God. Your partner of seven years spots something in the ocean. Wow. It turns out to be a beautiful mermaid <gasps> who lures them into the water and they end up kissing for hours because it is so magical and they've never met a mermaid before. Only at the end of the encounter do they realize it was actually just a regular person dressed <laughs> as a mermaid. Oh, fuck up. Would you forgive this cheater? Yes. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And why? As someone who wants to be fucked by an alien. Right. And I will take any, you know, chance that I get. Mm-hmm. My partner needs to go in this knowing that that is something that I prioritize. I prioritize. Yeah. So, like, if they they were mystified and enchanted by this person that they thought they wholeheartedly thought mm-hmm. was a mermaid, mm-hmm. then okay, you know, we all need a little magic in our lives. I love that. How does this person not realize that when a mermaid calls to you sexily from the sea, that's called a siren? siren. Yeah, and those can kill you. Well, but it's very hard to resist that. Yeah, you call. can't resist the You're sirens. Right. You can't resist That's the, the whole siren thing. call. Yeah, I forgive them. This begs the question: like, how much can you really be mad at your partner for a supernatural event that has occurred towards them? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Even if it's not really a supernatural they, event, they, but they believe they believed that it, it is. Like, yeah. if it's a body swap and they have to like kiss someone to like keep the body swap going. You know what I mean? Like you got to forgive them. You got to roll with the punches. Yeah, you got to forgive them for sure. So, uh so yeah, I'll uh I'll forgive them. I will But too. why was this person doing this as a mermaid? Just that's sort of their thing. It's you like know, they you can get kink. the little fins. Get the little fins. That's non-consensual. Well, that's prob- it's that's a problematic thing. Yeah. But that's on them. That's yeah. on that's, that's their on fault. your partner. And they were wearing like a really realistic like latex. Yeah, I saw one actually at a hotel recently where they had a mermaid by the pool. It's like I've a seen sort it of, too. Yeah, like a, a show. Like Disney used to do <laughs> a, a show. <laughs> it was like a, a show. It wasn't even a show because she was just there. <laughs> yeah, like she was as just a prop, sitting there. Yeah, as a prop. And then All they right. kind of rolled her away. All right, it was a little weird. 
But you know, Disney used to have a whole thing where oh, they had yeah, the mermaids. Oh yeah, with all the mermaids. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I used yeah. to. This is how I was gay child. I like I was like love the Little Mermaid Island, you know, in Peter Pan mm-hmm. with all the little. That's mermaids. what it was at Disney. Yeah, <sighs> I was like, how do I get in there? <laughs> okay, our next game. <laughs> Are you a terrible parent? Oh wow, this is very relevant to what we were just talking about. Okay, your child, fourteen. Plays a lot of violent video games. <laughs> wow. I have a little bit of You're psychic. I think You're so. psychic. Yeah. And you are worried that it is negatively affecting them. So you decide that you will sit next to them when they play and shriek bloody murder whenever they kill someone in the game. Yeah. And also flail yourself on the ground so they understand the true meaning of death. Uh-huh. They eventually stop playing because this is so annoying. Are you a terrible parent? No, you're a good parent. Question. Yeah. Are they playing like with people? In the headset. In the headset? So they're talking? Why does that matter before I answer? Level of embarrassment. What is this? A question on a question? I know, you're I'm this sorry. person that I'm sorry. Okay, I'll say that they are. Yeah. It okay. is a group game. And yeah. I'm asking because Okay. Lay it on a me. A lot of times they're talking like poorly and mean to each Correct. other. Mm-hmm. And uh, also saying terrible racist homophobic things as well. Oh no! So this, so that's happening too. No. Okay. It's just their friends. They're, no, they're just playing. Yeah, they're just playing it. It's like kind of very chill, just sort of playing. But you think it's that just casual. you think it's like they're they they're viewing death and murder too casually. Who bought the games? Your spouse. <gasps> How does your spouse feel about these games? Your spouse thinks that since everyone plays them. There must not be that bad, which is a terrible thing to think. And something I overheard about one of our group back to the group assignments. One of them was about the justice system and police. And I overheard a classmate saying that the current justice system, you know, must be good because we've had it for so long. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> is this somebody in your group? No, it was in a different group. And mm. I had like a visceral reaction. Jesus. <laughs> And I want to be like, oh, no, honey, that's so not true of anything. Longevity does not equal quality. Yeah, I I, I got to say no to the violent video games, the first person shooters. I'm a hypocrite because I do like them, but I, I, I think bad idea. Yeah. Just in general, bad idea. So I say you're a good parent. Sorry to anyone who likes first person shooters. If you want to write in and let me know what the what the benefit or positives are of them. But I failed to see it. Yeah. yeah, the video games of my day did not have this gruesome violence or the first person perspective. Yeah. So. Yeah, Mortal Kombat, kick a guy with your long leg. Mm-hmm. Am I a terrible parent? <laughs> no, I don't think I'm a terrible parent. But I also think that my, this isn't part of the question, but me uh, me and my spouse need to have a conversation about getting what, on the same page. Yes, being on the same page about what we want to bring into this home. That's smart. Well, I think maybe also because like I can imagine it's like, oh, all my friends are playing this game. You get them the game. Then you see what the game is and you regret that you Mm -hmm. got it. Like when my parents, I wanted that Eminem, the Slim Shady EPLP so bad. And my mom was like, well, it has curse words in it. I was like, mom, Then I just listened to it on someone else's disc man at uh, space camp. So I went on a school trip to Canada and you could buy them there without, you know, parental warnings. Ah. And I bought some risque things that I took back home and hid. Yeah. I never disobeyed my parents. <laughs> Until probably like high school, 15, like ne- maybe like last year. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would, <laughs> like I would literally at the sleepover be like, I'm sorry, I'm not allowed to watch this. Oh mm. my God. And that's what we call OCD. Um, and a fear of being morally bad. Oh my God. Our final game. Would you forgive this liar? Okay. You run into your fifth grade teacher in your hometown and ask about their husband and children who they always shared elaborate stories about. <laughs> they admit that when they taught you, they were actually only 23 and made up having a spouse and family. So you would take them more seriously <gasps> as an authority oh figure. Oh my God. Would you forgive this liar? Yes, that's so funny. <laughs> no. Fifth grade? I wouldn't because I feel like we as uh, children, even that fifth grade, that age, we didn't have like a real concept of age as it was anyway. And so I know I had a lot of young teachers Mm -hmm. that I'm like now I know that I know for a fact that my fifth grade teacher was actually right out of college because 
the year before she had been a student teacher. And I had the, like, I respected her the same way that I respected any other teacher. So you no. find the lying to be unnecessary. I find it unnecessary. No. I don't think for, you need it. For me, it was definitely necessary. Well, first of all, fifth grade, shout out Miss Cartmel, who let me write all of, sign all of my work, Gabby J. Fox, uh, for all the year because I had a crush on Michael J. Fox. That's, so shout out to a real one. That's why I start doing my middle initial and everything. Oh, because really? Because of Michael J. Fox. Hey! <laughs> shout out to Michael J. Fox. At least legend. I know who that is. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Mrs. Cartmel, uh, who really encouraged my writing. Um, but yeah, no, we were little assholes. At least you know, going into middle school, we were complete assholes about any teacher that we thought was single. We were prying, prying into their dating life, mm. wanted to know everything, tried to set them up with other teachers, would be like, Mr. Reinstein, do you think Miss Fernandez is cute? Like total turds. So I completely get it. All right. So this one we're divided on. I think that I I think I would not forgive the liar as the final. We're on be the same page. Because That's weird. it would just be like in my version of this, they were such elaborate stories. It wasn't just, oh, I'm married. It was like we knew of, I was like invested in these fictional people no and I think that that would be upsetting to me to find out I forgive them because I saw the hell we put Mr. Reinstein through <laughs> Mm-mm. no absolutely not what uh, do we rate this episode I rate it 300 out of 200 Allison's engaged yay, yay! I rate it 30 out of 10 I don't give a fuck if people don't like me hell yeah we love it and I will rate it 27 out of 12 references I don't understand. Very good. Perfect. Thank you for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being here today. Just Between Us is a Forever Dog production hosted by me, Allison Raskin. And me, Gabby Dunn. Produced by Melissa Diamond Monts. Edited by Coco Lorenz. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Tracy Soren. Brendan Burns composed our killer theme music. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. And check out video clips of our podcast on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam or on our channel, youtube.com slash justbetweenusshow. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. Also, at Allison Raskin, at She Is Not Melissa, at Gabby Road, Emotional Support Lady Substack, patreon.com slash Gabby Dunn and also Allison's book Overthinking About You go and leave a Goodreads or an Amazon review Um, you can also go to Scribd and see my book Stimulus Rack but Allison's give them reviews okay bye forever dog